0: Today we're going to get a little metaphysical, which isn't an area I tend to like to go into uh, simply because you never know where people are and uh, things of a metaphysical nature are very easily colored by our thoughts and our experiences and our ideas. So I usually avoid this and try to encourage people to focus on the most practical aspects of yoga practice so that we don't get lost in fantasy or we don't trigger um, other people's interesting ideas about things which may or may not be true but today we're going to speak to a model of existence uh, that is common in yoga and ayurveda and vedic sciences the idea of the material world uh, the astral world and the causal world or the material astral and causal planes So, we're going to take some time to discuss what these are, and then we're going to talk about how to function in each one and why your meditation practice now in this world is so important if you ever want to really experience uh, astral worlds and causal worlds with a degree of um, awakened consciousness. Because many of us experience the astral realms unconsciously at night in dreams, we experience the causal realms. Well, that's a whole other aspect of our, our, our consciousness that many of us can't access or are not aware of, but it can be influential for us. So, first of all, what is the material world? Well, we know what that is. The material world is what you are experiencing. It's the, phys- the physical body. It is the elements, uh, earth, fire, water, air, air ether. Um, It's the combination of how those elements go together. It's the stuff that you can touch. It's the stuff that you can feel. It's the hardness of rocks. It's the wetness of water and so on. So it is the world in which you are existing uh, primarily right now. Um, The astral world. The astral world is more of an energetic world. You you might be able to liken it more to uh, the idea of electromagnetism. In fact, many people do. And I think that's an all right, Term or that's an all right aspect of the physical world, to relate the astral world to, because it helps us understand it, but I'm not 100 percent sure that they are uh, exactly the same thing. Uh, but the astral world is also a world of emotions, um, of our imaginations. So when you are imagining, when you are feeling, When you're perceiving subtler energies, in a sense, you are participating or tapping into uh, the astral level of your being. When you are dreaming, you are tuning into the astral level of your being. Uh, The causal world. The causal world is uh, very difficult to conceptualize. It's something that you really have to experience the way it's been described as the world of pure thought. Um, So it is... It is like uh, a field of, of pure intelligence, which responds quickly to one's thoughts and one's ideas. But to be fair, it's very hard to describe. So we're not going to go too far into that, <clears throat> but we can experience these things. And many people think that through the practice of yoga, what they're going to do is they're going to transcend this physical realm go into astral realms, and then into causal realms. And this is supported in uh, Autobiography of a Yogi, where Swami Sri Yukteswar discusses uh, after he passes, after he dies and is resurrected, uh, when he visits Paramahansa Yogananda, he discusses the astral worlds. And he discusses how he himself, after he passed, now exists um, to help people work out their subtler karma, their astral karma and their causal karma. So we get this idea that we really wanna do that, that we wanna work in this lifetime to transcend our karmas, to transcend our attachments, to rise above this material creation. Well, it should be said that um, Mahavatar Babaji did point out that the realm of God or the realm of the infinite extends clear from the causal realms, the subtler realms, the metaphysical realms, clear to this physical realm. And so it's more important, I think, to realize that than anything else. Um, But the questions that come up around this many times are, well, how do I transcend this physical form to experience the subtler aspect of my nature? And this was actually brought up Uh, in one of the the questions submitted for uh, the book I've been working on, um, which should be available here pretty soon, An Essential Guide uh, to Create Yoga Practice. And the way I described how to work through these levels is based upon your ability to function in this realm, in the physical world. And this is one of the reasons why um, Roy Eugene Davis and, and many authentic uh, yoga teachers put such an emphasis on living an orderly life, of doing one's best to be successful, to manage their resources, to organize the contents of their mind and their consciousness Some people think that when teachers do that, that they're just not speaking to the the spiritual side of things. And it can turn some of the uh, more fantasy-driven people away. But it's very important to recognize why there is such an emphasis on dealing with the physical reality and why you are here in this physical reality. So think of it this way. In the physical realm... Um, thoughts don't manifest instantaneously. You can be thinking about something and you need to plan it. You need to take action. You need to engage that thought to to bring it into reality. In the astral realm, thoughts and emotions manifest much more quickly. And this is often why when people get better and better at practicing yoga and they become more established in truth consciousness, satya, one of the yamas and niyamas, that they tend, their words tend to actually bring about things quicker because they are a little more tuned into these subtler planes. But in the astral realm, things manifest much more quickly. Just like if you had uh, control in your dreams, you could think, I would like an apple. And in your dreams, the apple would appear, it would take a little bit of time but the apple would appear much more quickly than thinking i want an apple and then having to get up and walk to the uh, refrigerator or have to get in the car and go to the store to make the apple reality come uh, to fruition in the physical world but it happens much more quickly and in the causal realms it's almost instantaneous the things that you think the things that you imagine they're there right then right now so when you're existing in the physical realm. Um, it's like you're walking down a road and you're trying to get somewhere as you're walking down the road. Now, as you're walking down the road, you're not running, you're not riding a bike, you're not on a motorcycle, you're not in a car, you're not in a jet plane, which means that you're taking one step at a time. You have time to think about things. If you see something up ahead, you can plan and either avoid it or take advantage of it. Um, If you see a pothole coming your way, You can just step to the side because you have time to uh, see what's going on and respond. And so the, the reactions within the physical world are slower, which allows you to navigate your experiences much more safely. Now let's look at the astral realm. So the astral realm, we can liken it to the realm of dreams. Things happen much more quickly. So that's like going down this same road that we've just discussed except now you're in a really fast car. So if you go from walking to a fast car, as you're driving down the road, you have to make decisions much more quickly. You have to think much more quickly. You have to be much more responsive. You have to really know what you're going to do when that turn is coming at you at 60, 70 miles an hour versus when you were only walking and you were probably going to get there in about 20 minutes. So in the astral realm, there's... there's, uh, much greater need to have quicker responses, but it also means you have to know what you're doing. You have to have more a more sense of responsibility, so that you don't wreck the car and injure yourself or injure someone else who's also on the road. Uh, In the causal realm, well, that's like you've got this same road, and you're walking down it. But now instead of a car, you're flying down the road in a jet plane. And you're going the sound, uh, the speed of sound. So when you're trying to navigate a road that fast, again, you have to have almost instantaneous reflexes. You have to be able to plan in advance. You, You have to have a greater sense of responsibility about what you are doing. You have to know how to fly that jet plane going down that road. Now to put all this together, this is, the reason that you are here in this world right now, you take little sojourns into the astral realm and occasionally you might touch upon the causal realm. But the reason you are not existing full-time in the astral realm and the causal realm and the subtler realms is because you don't have the capacity and the responsibility to think and respond that quickly. And so just imagine if you took someone whose mind was chaotic, who um, really wasn't well organized at all, and every single thought that came into their mind would manifest. And now you put them in a room with a bunch of other people. And so things are just going off left and right. And now they're thinking of a rhinoceros and the rhinoceros tramples everyone. Okay, well, they they get scared. And now they're thinking of uh, a hunter there and the hunter misses the rhinoceros. And all these things just keep popping up and popping up. It's like the, the room's getting populated with all these ideas. Well, if you took someone from the material realm right now where we are, where we are existing, and right now you stuck them in the astral realm, that is what the beings in the astral realm would have to be putting up with and dealing with. So you're not you don't want that. <laughs> and it's even worse when you take someone from a material-based consciousness who can only really exist right now in the material consciousness and you stick them in a causal world. Now it's just a wreck. So this is why in this lifetime where you are now, the work you are doing is to organize your mind, is to heal your psychological traumas and complexes is to get a handle on your anxieties and your fears and your daydreams and your random imaginations. Because only when you have the mastery of that, can you exist in a healthy way for yourself and for others in these more subtler realms. So if you think that you're here in the physical realm of some sort of punishment, or torture, or um, whatever reason you might think that you're here, uh, realize that you are here to learn to be responsible for your inner states of consciousness. And this is one reason why um, Mr. Davis and many of the spiritual teachers put an emphasis on mastering your states of consciousness. This is why When he put out the Truth Journal, I don't have a copy here, I thought I did. uh, But when Mr. Davis put out the Truth Journal and he had these question and answer sections in the back of the Truth Journal, nearly almost every um, printing, or at least every other printing, He he answered a question related to someone saying, well, I'm always experiencing these moods and these whims, and and I I just can't break out of these moods. And he would always explain how you have to find a way to gain mastery over these moods to not let them rule you. It might mean that you have moods, so you have to figure out that you need to go exercise every day to help keep the hormones and the nervous system balanced in such a way that you don't indulge in those moods. Or you need to figure out um, what is the cause of those moods. Maybe you're hanging out with people that are not pleasant. And so that puts you in a moody place because you can be influenced by other people for sure. Or maybe you have things from the past that trigger you all the time. Well, you have to resolve those things. And once you resolve them, once you learn what's going on, then you, you move into a place where you simply have mastery of them, which means the mood arises. And you just decide, no, I'm not. I'm not indulging in that today. And you push it away. You push it away. And it's not a repression because ideally you have dealt with the cause. But it is a. Um, it is just simply admitting, I have something else I need to do with my time. And you put your attention there. And the more you do that, you start creating the the samskara or the the groove towards not being influenced by these moods. Moods are often like um, the weather. It's going to rain. It's going to be sunny. Uh, It's going to be foggy. Sometimes it's going to snow. These things are going to happen. But if we became frustrated every time it rained or every time it snowed or every time the sun wasn't going to come out and we weren't able to do what we needed to do, we wouldn't get anything done. So essentially, we're learning to recognize that we are not our moods. And not not in such a way that we are repressing them, not in such a way that we are um, ignoring uh, the importance of our feelings, but we are breaking the habit of being directed by the passing changes of our, uh, the things that change within our emotional state from time to time just because we're alive. Uh, when Mr. Davis was spending time with Yogananda, uh, he went through a period of being a little depressed. Uh, he had joined Self-Realization Fellowship, became a monastic, was very much intensively practicing what he learned, but maybe it was, I think, maybe nine months in or so, and he realized, oh, this enlightenment isn't going to happen immediately. He became kind of despondent about it. And uh, Paramahansa Yogananda picked up on this. And he sent Roy a letter that said something to the effect of essentially, you're making yourself miserable by indulging these moods. They're just like the recordings on a record, why don't you break the record, break the record. And so even Paramahansa Yogananda encouraged Mr. Davis uh, to begin to gain mastery of his states of consciousness. So um, the whole point of this is that there are realms of experience subtler than this physical world. And we can remember, again, what Babaji said, that the spiritual realm, the the realm of the infinite, extends fully from the subtlest, clear to the physical. So it is all interconnected. And how we live here is a direct representation of how we would function in subtler realms, astral realms, causal realms. And the reason most of our experience is so absorbed in the material is because this, believe it or not, is the safest place for you right now. (laughs) The safest place in regards to, to... To how the universe can respond, to how consciousness can respond to uh, your inner states of consciousness. This is actually the safest place for you right now, and the safest place for for everyone. Um, So, when you think about doing what it takes to clarify your mind, to not be driven by your emotions. Now, again, you still experience emotions and you still enjoy emotions, but they are not ruling your life. As you meditate and you work towards uh, lessening the obsessive and compulsive thoughts that so many people have, every time you do that, Even if you don't experience Ganesh coming down on a cloud of light to bless you with the tip of his trunk with visions and meditation, every time you are doing that, you are preparing yourself, acknowledging that you have the capacity to actually exist in what many people call uh, the supernal realms, the supernal realms. Now, why is it, and again, this is all theoretical, by the way, we're just, we're just we're using a model here, so you help understand how things can work. Why is it that when people pass away, that their consciousness spends a brief moment or two in an astral realm, and they see heaven, or they see whatever they see, and then they're reborn again? Because they haven't yet come to the point where they can stay there. Because if they stayed there, they would make a mess of things. Now there's another side to this and this deals directly with your meditation practice i mean it all has to do with your meditation practice but this has more to do uh, with your capacity to meditate dynamically meaning you're not just meditating for relaxation you're not just meditating to put yourself in a trance because you need to tune out check out for a little while i'm talking about really getting in there and experiencing um the reality of spirit. Many people are not present when they meditate. Even the best Kriya Yogis sometimes have this issue. Well, not the best ones, almost the best ones. The best ones, they're, they're fine. But if you, if you notice when you meditate, and this is going to take uh, some self-reflection and also some self-honesty, If you notice when you meditate that you don't remember what happened, you're probably checking out somehow. If you notice that when you meditate, or maybe other people tell you that you're falling asleep or you're snoring, or you notice you're catching yourself snapping your head back a lot, you're probably not meditating dynamically. You're probably meditating, which will be helpful. You're meditating in a way that is... uh, helping you relax, which is good for you. But you're not meditating dynamically. And this is the other reason why living the best way you can for your health and for your mental emotional state is essential. Because if you are taking care of your body, meaning you're getting enough rest, you're eating foods that keep you light and that keep you not dull, not weighed down. What's going to happen is when you meditate, you're more likely going to be able to stay awake and present. And you have to be able to stay awake and present to learn to explore the deeper states of consciousness in meditation. The purpose of meditation is to allow you to remain aware and present as you move into subtler and subtler aspects of consciousness. In the beginning, you're just sitting there meditating and you're observing the breath and you're observing the body and you are letting that focus release your attachment to thoughts, emotions, distractions and memories, but you are existing on the physical side of things. You're feeling the breath, you're observing the body. And as you start to go deeper into the subtler part, many people start to fall asleep or lose consciousness. They're they, they don't they're not remaining aware while it's happening. Well, as you go into the deeper levels, whereas in the beginning you are feeling the body breathe and you are feeling uh, the physical structure of the body, well, as an example, as you move into deeper levels, you begin to feel not just the sensation of the organs of the lungs breathing, but it's as if you feel the subtle nature of breath itself, just the a feeling of inflow and a feeling of outflow, which is not related to the lungs. It's not related to the movement of the physical body. And you might even become aware of... Um, not just the feeling of of the physicality of the body, but it's as if you become aware of the field which sustains the body. And often when people experience this, it's as though they have a shift of awareness where they are like a point, they can see in all different directions and they can feel the physical form of the body in the same way as if your body was maybe wearing like a suit of armor. It's like you're able to feel the, the rigidity of the physical body. Um, and so you're moving into subtler levels. But again, when, when most people start to do this, they start to fall asleep or lose consciousness. And the idea, as you get better and better and better at this, is that you you are able to maintain your awareness, not only in the physical, right now, present, feeling the body, feeling the breath. Well, then you slip from the body, and so now you are simply aware of the breath as it moves, the, 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 the subtle, almost you can call it uh, essential nature or essence or signature of the feeling of fluidity. And then you even move deeper into it to where you become aware of um, just the idea of breath. That's in a sense, moving into the causal aspect uh, of the experience, but the point of yoga, real yoga, when you're doing it for what yoga is intended for is that you are aware throughout all of those states and you remember it, meaning you come out of it and you're now functioning in the world and you are as alert and present as you were before you started. It just so happens that you went through these deeper levels of consciousness. Um, Some people experience this, the better they get at yoga and meditation at night when they go to sleep, where they will start to recognize that, oh, my body is asleep because maybe they hear themselves snoring, but it's as if they are still perfectly present as they always have been observing. And sometimes it can even happen such that the person might begin dreaming. And just like you are here now listening to me talk well, it's as if all of a sudden things shifted and that same presence perspective, which can hear me talk and experience this moment now is aware of the dream world, not, not sunk into it, but aware of it happening. And if you live with someone else, if you have a partner, maybe you'll start snoring and they'll like push you and you're like, why, why are you quit pushing me? Uh, Because you think that you've just been laying there the whole time, perfectly present, when really your body has gone to sleep and you've started snoring and they're trying to get you to stop snoring. And um, when that happens, you see, you are perfectly present. So say they push you at night and you start to snore. Well, you can immediately come back to body awareness and respond just as you would if you had never fallen asleep, meaning there's not... You've been asleep and someone wakes you up and you have to like reorganize where you are and figure out all right, what room am I in? Who's beside me? You don't have to put all that back together because you've been present the whole time. Well, that should be sort of how you are in meditation as well. Meaning when you start to meditate, you're present, you go into the deeper levels of consciousness, you come back out, you get up and you just walk around. You don't have to come back out and then take a few deep breaths and then sort of yawn a little bit and stretch and get back into it. You can just, if if something happened in the middle of your meditation, you can immediately turn it off, get up and go take care of whatever happened. Now, this is for many people, an advanced stage of practice. So when I use these words, these shoulds and things like that, um, if you're not where I'm describing, you don't, have to feel guilty about it because I was not where I'm describing a long, long time ago. This takes practice. And again, the way that you practice this to kind of get back to the original theme of these astral causal and and physical realm uh, principles is you, in every moment, to the best of your ability, in every situation, without stress, you don't have to turn it into a big chore, but just remember that The more you're able to uh, manage your life, the more you're able to take responsibility for your uh, states of consciousness, your moods, your thoughts, the more you entertain the possibility that you can actually uh, become uh, a master of those things. And that might be the first step because many people don't think it's possible. They say, well, I can't do that because I have all this past history of trauma or I can't do that because um, I have a a neurochemical um, hormonal imbalance or I can't do that for this. I can't do that for that. Well, that's fine. Maybe you can't. We're not going to argue that point because I'm not you. You're not me. I can't understand that. You can't understand what I'm saying. But what you can do is in the beginning begin to entertain the possibility that you do have more control over your states of consciousness than you think just imagine that what would that be like that might be possible and if you're able to sustain that that curiosity that possibility You might find that one day you're you're sitting around and like you're just obsessing over something or maybe you're in a a difficult mood and you think, well, if it is possible, what would that look like? And you just decide to try it. You decide to say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that situation right now. And maybe you find that for about five to 10 minutes it worked. Of course, it comes back in because you don't have the habit strong enough yet, but you realize, wow, for five to 10 minutes, I actually was able to... Demonstrate mastery over my states of consciousness, or maybe sometimes you don't feel like doing something or you're feeling depressed or you're feeling um, just you know unmotivated well maybe you can ask yourself well, what if i what if I just didn't indulge in that right now and you decide i'm just going to try for the next five to ten minutes to to live without paying a whole lot of attention to that, and maybe you find that For the next five to 10 minutes, that little mood or that whim uh, really didn't affect your life at all. And so you, you get an experience of how it's possible. And then you maintain that curiosity and you extend it through time. You keep trying, you keep trying until eventually you recognize, oh, I really don't have to be overcome by this anger right now. Oh, I really don't have to keep thinking about what's on the news right now oh, I really don't have to play over and over and over again in my head what I should have said to that person who did this to me. And you become free. And um, if you think that that is not a possibility for you, try to reconsider. Uh, If you think I'm telling you this just because I was personally born with an innate capacity to do that, I'm going to assure you I was not. Uh, Due to life experience, due to actively trying to pull this stuff off. Now, I still experience moods. Sometimes in the morning, I still don't want to get out of bed. I still think, oh, geez, another day. <laughs> but what I what I learned is that, you know what? I don't have to listen to that because that's just habit. That's just stuff from who knows when. And I work to resolve it the best I can. But when I can't, I just say, I'm not listening to you today. I've got stuff to do. I've got classes to teach. I've got books to write. I have... Um, other things to do, I just don't listen to it anymore. It doesn't mean I don't attend to it. I still go see a counselor every now and then. Um, when something comes up, I still spend time reflecting upon, journaling on what needs to be resolved here. Um, but at other times, because the habit has become stronger and because through my meditation practice, I have realized I am actually not my thoughts, my moods, and my emotions, I can decide when I need to. I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to engage in that right now. I have decided I'm going to engage in um, experiencing an expansive state of consciousness. One time I had a dream. Uh, I know you've heard this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Um, it ties into the dream, then we'll meditate. Uh, I had a dream that uh, I knew that the way to find more energy in life, more inspiration in life, was simply to live for God. That was the dream. It was as if you just just live for God. And it happened during a time when I was writing a book, and I was so enthused about that book. It was just flowing out. And I realized, oh, well, this book is for that purpose because it was about meditation. And I recognized, oh, well, if I choose to wake up and kind of ask myself, what do I need to do to live for God today? Inspiration would arise and I could follow it. And those moods never came back up again. And if they did, I could just bring that back up again and it would kind of remove it. And this ties into the story when I was um, spending time with Mr. Davis and we were having tea and he was talking and he talked about how no one ever writes to him and, and says, gee, what can I do to be more self-realized? He says, people basically write to him and say things like, my cat died. I'm completely torn up inside. What am I supposed to do? I can't meditate. And um, me trying to be the um, the... You know, class favorite. I waited about 20, 25 minutes. And then I said, oh, well, what can I do to be more self-realized? And he waved me away and he said, um, you're self-realized enough. What you need to do is find a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And so anyway, it, it kind of ties to this dream because as I start to recognize, oh, if I, if I tap into my inspiration, if I tap into this inspiration from this greater consciousness, and I quit listening to the little complaints of Ryan's personality, it becomes easy to become motivated. It becomes easy for me to, in a sense, have mastery over my states of consciousness. And this tune, uh, tunes into the idea of brahmacharya. Brahmacharya essentially says, um, if you practice brahmacharya, <clears throat> meaning brahmacharya, going like God, living for God, you will have all the energy that you need. Meaning that if you decide to make choices and live due to the spiritual inspiration, whatever you need will be provided for energy, ideas, situations. It doesn't say you're going to get everything that you want. It says everything you need will be provided for. And I have to say, my experience has been that that is true, that when I focus on the essential task, of what this inner inspiration has advised me is, is worth doing. When I do that, I don't wake up in the morning and think, Oh, I'm just so tired. I wake up and I'm ready to go. If I'm going to do something, it's going to be a lot of hard work and I'm going to have to do something over and over and over again, tedious things. But I have that inner inspiration that is for this, uh, this divine aspect of life. It doesn't matter how tedious it is. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. It doesn't matter what difficulties are there. I'm able to move forward and move through it without being bogged down. So again, to kind of go with this idea of um, uh, moving through the astral and causal realms, one of the best things you can do aside from being established in truth consciousness is to begin considering this idea of brahmacharya as we've discussed it, because then things get organized for you as you get in the proper groove. Not to say there won't be challenges, not to say there won't be things that you have to attend to, but the energy is there. The drive is there. What you need is there. And this is what you need to know in order to transcend this physical realm if that's what you're kind of uh, interested in doing. All right, well, let's meditate together. You guys can uh, reflect upon that after, after we get done. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.